Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. They went out there and they spent money on Von Miller getting him, shoring up the second period, paying Stephon Diggs. They already paid Josh Allen. So when you look at it, everything is all bets in Vegas and all over the country is saying the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Josh Allen, MVP favorite. Josh Allen this, Josh Allen that. So that pressure, losing to the Kansas City Chiefs, wasn't his fault. The defense gave up the goods, but he was part of the team. And when you have so much hype going into a year and so many high expectations, people are looking for you to cash in on that. More times often than not, it doesn't pan out that way. And so that pressure is certainly building up. As Keyshawn Johnson, Keyshawn, Max Kellerman. Oh, my God. Every time. Jay Williams. What's up, Brent? That's KMJ, KJM. What a disaster. Every time. They need to send you a T-shirt, bro. I like to mix it up. They don't. I, I start with, why not? I mean, come on now. We don't have to, has to be in order every time, does it? I think so. What was it? Was it when it was Zubin? Was Zubin first? KJZ. Was it KJZ? Keyshawn's always first, keep in mind. Yeah, because he's like the, yeah. the guy. I, you know what? Jay Will probably wouldn't be too mad. You're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. As long as you start with the K, you're fine. You know. Maybe, maybe we should. What should, what should we do? Hmm. We could be back. Name the show. We could be back. back. Yeah. But Aaron, Austin. I didn't say who they was. I just, you know, put it in there. <laughs> Let the mind wander for the listeners. But Adam, you know, it could be anybody. Who knows? Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, BK. That should just be the I'm open. Not, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of the <laughs> the initial thing for the name. Yeah, it's not great. These are tough. We've been working on it. These are tough. Yeah. Uh, Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz uh, here at Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, Jacksville Iceman Day. We visited by uh, goalie Charles Williams uh, at the bottom of the hour. And uh, Nick Luco, the coach, in the 5 o'clock hour as we continue to celebrate local sports uh, in the area. Uh, Keyshawn talking about the Bills. Who's got the most pressure on them this year to, to – to win. Buffalo. The Bills so close, right? I mean, and they were like the number one offense, number one defense. That's a great team. Uh, they have been the toast of the league, it seemingly, and how they built it, and, and I think they've earned that. But they do lose Brian Dable, and I think that's going to be a bigger issue than people want to admit uh, for a guy who's been on an incline in Josh Allen, you know, and, and watch out now for a little bit of a correction without Dable. Uh, but do they sit in a spot where there's more pressure on them than, than, say, a team like the Dallas Cowboys or the Green Bay Packers or the Las Vegas Raiders who went all in with guys like Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. I think the Packers obviously got worse, and I also think Kansas City obviously got worse. So those are two teams that you put expectations on. Like, don't get me wrong, neither of those teams are expecting to lose, but if they aren't as good as they have been, I think you can point to it and be like, well, they lost Tyree Kill. They lost Devontae Adams. Those things happen. I think yeah, Buffalo, change the team. everyone has been saying how good Buffalo is, myself included. I think they're that team. But when everyone thinks you're this good, you you have the most pressure. Like, the surprise for me is I don't really hear people bringing up the Cincinnati Bengals, like, to continue to be that team. 
Like, I feel like that kind of flies under the radar because teams like Buffalo are getting so much credit for being that team to beat when really Cincinnati is still that team and they're flying under the radar, which probably works well for them. But I think Buffalo, hands down, has the highest expectations. Well, I mean, there's so many. I, I think expectations are different. Like, the Chargers have a lot of expectation, and they need to deliver. The Colts, the same. I'm going to talk about those teams in a bit. But, like, but that's just to make the playoffs, right? I don't really think that's to necessarily win the Super Bowl. The Bills have knocked on the door of, of winning the Super Bowl. To your point, Kansas City may have backtracked, but even if they had Tyreek Hill, I don't think they're under any kind of pressure. They've been, like, really good, and they've delivered. They do have a Super Bowl championship, and they've threatened for more. I think it's more about Buffalo getting there, and I think their history goes into play here, too. They've been absent from relevance for over two decades up until the last couple of years, and then when they were relevant, they couldn't get the job done for four straight years. So there's a lot that goes into the Buffalo Bills pie there, and I'm a little concerned for Buffalo fans from that degree. This is a very good team, very good team. But I do think the Dable thing might hurt them more than people think. I think that's hard. I think we've learned continuity is really important. And so uh, we'll see. Is Josh Allen ready for that, to take it on his own, if you will, uh, to to be ready for the change and still be really, really good? We'll see. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. But uh, I think I think the Bills certainly have that. But I still have a hard time getting past some of the teams, I think, in the NFC. Like Green Bay, even though they did get worse, Casey, Aaron Rodgers' time is ticking and he chose them. And they haven't been, like, the best roster in football, and they've still been really good. But they haven't been able to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, they win def- the, they're going to win the division by default, even though they got worse. But I don't think that they're in any better position to go to the Super Bowl when, than they were last year. They're in a worse position. Like, I know Aaron Rodgers is getting older, but, like, you didn't do a lot to help him. They drafted Christian Wilkins, I think was his name. Okay, great. That's not Devontae Adams. Like, what did you really do to make them in a better scenario? I don't think enough. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, do the Cowboys fit in this conversation? i got to believe, yeah. right? And with all the money, and, and they let Amari Cooper go, and they said, okay, we like these guys, and their defense is a lot better. And, and Mike um, McCarthy's getting fired if they don't do well. And really, there's a lot of pressure on him, right? Yeah. I mean, because here's the deal. Like, McDermott's not getting fired if they don't. Oh, do no. That. Yeah, I mean, McCarthy's like, If they don't win a playoff game, McCarthy's done. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and in terms of good teams that you're going to get fired, yeah, like they're not going to fire Lafleur to your comparison. I guess potentially Staley's in this conversation with the Chargers. Yeah, that'd be, if it gets quirky and weird there. Well, if right? they're bad, like you can't be bad. You can't miss the playoffs no, no, with that roster, can you? Yeah, yeah, I don't think you can. But they also don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like if he's on the edge of it, nine and seven, the league's really good. Which, by the way, the AFC could be really good. That division is really good. Like, would they fire him? I don't know. I think he has to have some like quirky stuff kind of happen, and it just not feel right. So there's almost like a feel to go along with their results. But I see what you're saying. You might be right. It's just really hard, man. It's hard in the AFC. There's so many teams that think they're good, and that might be right. They might be good. I'll give you one. You said the Bengals, and I do think that's interesting because I think you're right. I don't think we. Like, the Bengals, we think, are going to be pretty good, but we don't care if they're Super Bowl good. Like, they did their thing. They made a run. But just because you did that doesn't mean you're going the next year. And I don't see the pressure built on them. I actually see pressure built on a bunch of different teams in that division. Like, probably Baltimore. Mm -hmm. They're aging. They have players that aren't going to be, like, playing at a high level, uh, not all over the place, but some. And and some of their parts – 
they put this thing together to make a run, and they really haven't done it. Lamar Jackson, are they going to give him a ton of money? Well, if so, it comes with pressure of, hey, get us there, man, right? So I think Baltimore fits that. And Cleveland, if Deshaun Watson does play a majority of the season, well, don't they fit this? Yeah. I mean, isn't there a ton of pressure on Cleveland? You handed over the wallet, guaranteed the wallet. You better deliver if you're because they're a pretty talented team. Like, you go look at their on-paper team, and if they have Deshaun Watson playing like the Watson that did play before he started sitting out, well, they should be very good. So I think you could put move Cleveland right up the charts depending on how this suspension and everything else plays out. No doubt, yeah. If, if Deshaun Watson plays 100%, you have to – deliver on that investment if you're Deshaun Watson, but if you're also the Cleveland Browns to put him in a position to win. Like you said, the roster is good. I agree with you. But yeah, they're they're right up there with Buffalo probably in terms of the contract they handed out. You can't hand out a fully guaranteed contract and not be good the first year. Like, let's go. So yeah, Cleveland fits if he plays. If it's Jacoby Brissett, then you know, all bets off. What about Denver? Yeah, I think Denver's another one. Like, I can't figure this one out fully. I don't understand why people don't think Denver's going to be ridiculously good. Like, I think they, a lot of people do think they're going to be ridiculously good. I can't find it, – it's it's weird. Like, I every person that talks about that in terms of on ESPN, like when I hear it, it's like, oh, you know, Denver's going to be better. It's like, no, Denver might be great. Denver was pretty good last year with very bad quarterback play or suspected best quarterback play. If they just let Russ cook for real – and it's like a couple of years ago before he got hurt, like they might be the best team in the league. So I think it helps that at least from what I see, maybe we're seeing and hearing different things, but they're, I think they're below a team in the expectation level like the Chargers. I think people are more higher on the Chargers than them, which I can't figure out. So I think Denver's flying under the radar. But, yeah, Denver needs to be better than they were last year, and they were already a decent team. You know, when we're having this conversation, there's one uh, omission when we look, to look around the league and we're talking about, like, conferences or divisions, excuse me. And that's the AFC South. Yeah. And it's just a reminder that the, like, nobody expects the AFC South to be, like, in the Super Bowl. Tennessee is probably overachieved. People barely think times. there's going to be a playoff team, even though there has to be. Yeah, and, and the Colts have certainly underachieved. I'm going to hit on that in just a moment. But, like, even again, their expectation is: Can they get to the playoffs with this team and roster? Right. And can Matt Ryan do it? But I don't think anybody's thinking, "Hey, yeah, this is a Super Bowl team. Look out!" Right. I, I just don't see people talking like that. And maybe I'm missing it. And so what it does, what it, it, where I'm coming at you on this is, hey, the Jags, if they could surprise, and if those teams, especially like disappoint to some degree, or one of them really disappoints, <laughs> it's not out of the realm. For the Jags to be, like, pretty average to above average, slightly above average team and, like, win that division. It's not out of the realm. Like, again, I mean, this is like it's – I'm not predicting it. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But that's the division they live in. Where you're talking about an Indianapolis team that's been highly disappointing. Talk about a Tennessee team where I think they've kind of overachieved based on what they have, and I gave a lot of credit to Vrabel for that. And I still don't know exactly how to feel about them going into this year. And then Houston, forget about it. And the Jags have been forget about it. Yeah. So if Peterson and Trevor can click and something does change around here, like it's just not – like if you wouldn't say this if you were in the West. You wouldn't say it if you were in the North. You wouldn't say it if you were in the East. You can kind of say it and suggest it because it's the AFC South. 
which is not only a this year picture, it's something that we've talked about a lot. It's a for the next three to four to five year picture. Mm-hmm. The Jags, if they flip this damn thing, they could own the division. They could absolutely own the division. The timing might be right for it if they can take care of their own business and get good. Yeah, all I, all those things are are true, and I somewhat agree with most of them. But what I will stand on, like you just stood on the Jags, it, it's possible. And I, and you know, okay. What I will stand on is the AFC South will decide which of those teams in the AFC West goes to the playoffs because they play that division. Yeah, can the point. Jags steal a game against the Raiders? Can the Colts, I won't say steal a game, but can the Colts beat the Chargers? You know, can the Texans steal a game against somebody? The AFC South, in my estimation, is going to decide who really makes the playoffs from the West and how good deal. some of these teams in the AFC South are. Like, are the Colts any good? You might not think so. I think Matt Ryan's going to do something there. But we're really going to find out because they're playing those teams, and those teams are going to look back and say, man, if we would have just took care of business against, I don't know, Jacksonville or Houston, we'd be in yeah. the playoffs. Do me a favor, okay, when, when you're um, – did the Jets, by the way, actually cost, like, the Bills' home field last year? Was it that close between them and Kansas City? I, I think so. That, was, that, that, played, that was game was played in Kansas City, right? I yes, think so. yes, it was. I was in an airport, I remember, so I can't remember. But I'm pretty sure it was in Kansas City. Um so well, and then what happened? What Cincinnati beat Kansas City? Kansas City was twelve and five, and uh, Buffalo was eleven and six. So yeah. So te- uh, maybe uh, it depends the tiebreaker. Look this up too while I make this other point. But because but yes, I, Buff- that, I think that's but uh, Cincinnati beat Kansas City. Yeah. Okay, I think that's an excellent point you just brought up about the division. See how the AFC South did against the West last year, the NFC West, because that was the king division, right? That was the tough division. See how the AFC South did. My guess is not very good, but maybe they did better than we think, than I think. And so as you look that up, I've got one other part to this around kind of like this NFL look. And this is something I I was going to bring up yesterday and we saved for today. Who is more disappointing from a roster build perspective and a results given over the last couple of years? The Chargers, who many people say are very disappointing for not making the postseason. Or is it the Colts, who the Jags kept out? Now, if you take this one-game scenario, right, that, that Vegas-Chargers game was a really good game. And Vegas proved to be a pretty good football team. I mean, you can't hammer them for losing the one game. But it kept them out of the postseason for the Chargers. Now, you could absolutely obliterate, and everybody has, the Colts for losing the way they did. They, they self-imploded against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game they, they thought they could just walk in and win, and they couldn't. But I'm not looking at just that one game that kept them out of the playoffs. The Chargers have been known as this highly disappointing, how have you not won more team? But I think the Colts belong in the conversation. They have a 2,000-yard rusher. They have an offensive line that has at least one all-pro on it. They have they've tried six different like opening day quarterbacks to replace Andrew Luck, including some big names like Phillip Rivers and now Matt Ryan. And Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. And they have a defense that I think led the league in turnovers last year, which would then indicate if they were as good as I just said or even close to that good, then how do you not win more games? Because turnovers the ultimate teller of how many games you usually win in the NFL. I I just can't figure in my mind. I'm like, who is actually more disappointing? They're both is the answer, but you can't only pick one. And in a way, I feel like I feel like the Colts are the answer to this question 
because again the the analytics the numbers the metrics add up to be like how did you lose you had a 2,000 yard rusher you didn't turn the ball over a ton on offense you turned people all over at like a crazy amount and you couldn't make the playoffs you also had Philip Rivers Carson Wentz and we'll see with Matt Ryan and you couldn't make the playoffs last year well Philip Rivers doesn't count because I think he did they did they lost uh, to but, Tennessee though and then lost so you can't win a playoff game despite having all these things and those quarterbacks and the one pass I will at least give the Chargers is they've had a new coach and a young quarterback still. Now, the quarterback's played sensational. It's not really his fault. But at least they, you can say he's a young quarterback, and, and they're, they're going to win. They're going to get there. We'll find out if they do. I kind of feel like the Colts have been more disappointing. Yeah, probably. Also, while I was just doing that quick math, I can kind of validate that point for you with the Colts. Uh, so overall, the AFC South last year against the division you asked for is five and eleven. That doesn't help that the Jags and Texans were zero and eight. So the other two teams were five and three, but the Colts lost to the Seahawks. Oh, the, that's impressive that they were five and three against that division. Yeah, and the Titans only lost in Week One to Arizona. And then they almost lost to Seattle, if you remember, in week two. But they oh, went into yeah, overtime yeah, yeah, and yeah. ran away. But yeah, that actually, like, changed their season. It, it really could have been 0-2. And, like, that, that, like, yeah, that was a crazy game. Um, but, yeah, the Colts lost. Like, the Colts last year, like, just looking at their schedule, which I just did, they lost games that they, sh- they shouldn't have lost to Jacksonville. They probably shouldn't have lost to Seattle, you know? Yeah, that's a good point, man. Like, like they, and the Raiders, they probably, like, you think they're disappointing, like, which is absolutely fair here, but, like, they probably – Shouldn't have lost to the Raiders. I'm, I'm going to say this, too. Like, here's one thing about Tennessee. This is what's crazy, and this is in my mind, but I think you just validated a little bit. And if we go back, let's just say if we took a three-year sample, you would find that Tennessee, you know what they have, like, a tendency to do is beat the really good teams. Yeah. Like, they have beaten Kansas City. They beat the Rams I feel last like year. They beat, yeah, they beat the Rams. They think they beat, like, New England a few years back. Like, I beat Baltimore when they were good. They like beat they Buffalo last year. Be, be, they did, right? So, they beat Kansas like, City last year. I mean, all these teams, like, I would say, like, I go into the weeks, and I'm like, it's early in the season, let's just say. And I'm like, all right, Jags, if they can get a win, like, this one you're still, like, bullish on. Maybe the Jags will do something. And you're like, Tennessee's going out today. Oh, they, they're going to lose that game. L. Nope. Yeah. W. True. Oh, that's this one's going to be. Nope. W. And, and so... Really, what's weird about both those teams, the Colts maybe are included here too, is who they lose to. Mm. Like, isn't it Tennessee that has had trouble at times with Houston? Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. Right? Like, why can't they beat Houston, but they can go beat the Rams and Kansas City? Yeah, they lost to Houston last year. The yeah, Titans it's, did. it's just bizarre. And they and only... I'm, not, I'm not talking about, like, down the stretch, like, 16th game of the year. Yeah. That doesn't matter either. Like, I'm talking in the middle of the season. Yeah, they also lost to a uh, bad Steelers team. Well, a not great Steelers team last year. Yeah, so it's really odd. I mean, we got it's a weird division. It's and and that's what makes me. Sometimes you see the warts of like a team like Tennessee, and then you see, holy cow, man, they can be really good. Yeah, it's but they're thing. never like they don't ever feel like uh, just front to back good. No, there's holes. Yeah, there's holes. Um, but again, that's why I kind of feel in my mind like they've overachieved. Because I don't think when you line them up, they're like, wow, I'm afraid of that, that, that. I mean, you're afraid of Derrick Henry. That's what you're afraid of. Yeah. Outside of that, you're like, yeah, whatever. Not anymore. Yeah, yeah, 100%, especially in offense right now. Because I don't think anybody's scared of Traylon Burks at the moment. You yeah. might have been of A.J. Brown. You're not scared of Tannehill. 
and and so it's a it's a wild thing. And meanwhile, I don't think anybody. I, I think like there's no fear factor with the Colts because it, you know one out. thing. What I, I just don't think so. I I think you know it's crazy. I'll give you something that's crazy. All right. From a perspective standpoint, who do you think plays more physical game, Tennessee or Indianapolis? I mean Tennessee probably because yeah, of like, Henry. Like, like a lot more physical, I feel like. Yeah. Yet they're built about the same. Yeah. Big offensive lines, physical offensive lines, good running backs. Yet I don't. I feel like there's a finesse something about Indianapolis, where Tennessee, I feel like you better bring your lunch pail, man, or you're dead. It's true. I think it might just be the. And aren't the Jags yeah. like the great equator to that? The Jags can beat Indianapolis, but they get punched in the face, and I can't think. handle it a lot of times against Tennessee. Yep. It's a wild sport, man. It is really a weird it makes look. No at, sense. Especially those two teams, especially, are really odd in, in the AFC South. Then you have the Jags and Texans who basically have just stunk. Yeah. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 here on a Friday. Brent Martin, no Casey Kurtz. It's Jacksonville Iceman Day here on the show as we continue to celebrate local sports and teams in the area. We'll continue this next week, leading right up to training camp as uh, the Jags are now just inside 10 days until training camp 2022. More football talk coming up a little bit later on. But for now, we got some hockey talk. And this is a guy that might have actually heard of Casey. He might have actually heard of Ashland University before. I doubt that. There's a possibility. Yeah. I, I there's really a round, There's a roundabout way of why he might not, but I'm I'm banking on he has heard of Ashland University before. Let's welcome in Charles Williams to the show. Charles, Ashland University, you ever hear of it? Hey, uh, the name does ring a bell. <laughs> Dang it, Charles. I was yeah. hoping for a little more like that. I was hoping for a little bit more. Oh, here's the problem, okay? So okay. you went to Ferris State, right? Yep. Okay, so Ferris State, I believe at the time, and baseball was in our uh, conference for Ashland University. Uh, but Ferris State hockey is played at the Division One level. Do I have that correct? Yeah, yeah. So it's a different animal. Like, obviously, Ashland didn't have hockey. We didn't, so we definitely didn't have Division One hockey. So you would have never played them and known them. You were playing in Like, who was in your hockey conference? So we had, like, at the time, so that for a couple of years, it was the uh, WCHA, and that was, like, Michigan Tech. Yeah. Uh, Lake Superior Northern State, Michigan. Yeah, Northern Michigan, uh, Bowling Green. Um, but my first couple of years, we were in the CCHA, um, okay. playing Michigan State. But, yeah, the WCHA. But I do remember, because I was in the MAC conference, right, for Ashland? Uh, it would have been, like, the GLIAC. Oh, but yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. That was... Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, that's why I, that's why I knew it. The name did sound familiar. Because um, we would go to a bunch of, like, to support all the uh, sports teams. We would always go to, like, uh, softball games, baseball games, um, soccer games. So, uh, I do remember. And the football especially was pretty big, so... Yeah. <laughs> you, you were too, you're too young to have heckled me at a baseball game. 
All right, if we play Ferris State. You're that, way that's too young to have had Brent. I just want to throw that way out there. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, just for the record, we probably beat Ferris State, okay, in baseball. In baseball. So, um, the, uh, you also went to Canisius, uh, which then you were talking about the Mac and you're right. So you've had a couple of different stops. One more thought about uh, where you played hockey. I mean, when you play hockey, you play up north a lot. But, like, I used to do the uh, basketball games uh, for Ashland, and we would play Michigan Tech in northern Michigan, and so I'd make that trip. And my wife actually played volleyball at school, and so she would make that trip. That is a, that's like a 12-hour trip from Ashland, and that feels like you're in the North Pole when you go to Michigan Tech in northern Michigan, right? Absolutely. It's nothing but white everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool place, though, it's, and I guess it's really pretty in the summer. I've never been in the summer. <laughs> Yeah, no, I haven't either. We would always go, and it would just be freezing and snow everywhere. Uh, and it definitely was a hike, especially coming from Paris too. It was a good, yeah, it was a good trip. <laughs> All right, uh, we're we're hanging out with uh, Charles Williams. Uh, congratulations, Charles! Uh, you inked a, a new deal, and so you'll be uh, between the pipes again for the Iceman. Is uh, you know, you look at you guys, uh, your careers, and you get you're all over the place, right? And you're bouncing around, and you're keeping the dream alive. Must be nice to sign a contract and think like at least. Right now, you think you're going to be in Jacksonville for the next 10, 11 months. That must be nice. Yeah, no, it definitely is good. I mean, this is my third season with the with the Iceman, and it's definitely exciting to uh, keep coming back to a familiar place, you know, familiar community. Um, and it's definitely easier on the mind for sure to just be in South Florida, or, uh, sorry, North Florida, uh, in the South Division. Um, so it definitely helps a lot. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and by the way, it's just a fantastic place to play. Anyway, we've always heard from the players. I'm sure you would echo this, too. Uh, the fans, the support. Does it surprise you, a guy coming from Michigan, at how supportive and how big the crowds get for a team in Florida? Honestly, yeah, it really did. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I played against the Icemen when I was with the Manchester Monarchs probably just two or three times, and every time it was like, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was packed. It was loud. And I was like, okay, maybe that, you know, we caught him on a good day. But actually being on the good side, like, I, I, I see it firsthand. And it's just like every year, it's, it is really surprising. But, like, we have just the best fans. And uh, I don't know how we do it, but, you know, we do it. But we have a great community. And I think there's definitely something building here uh, in northeast Florida. And it's definitely great to be along for the ride. Jack's Weissman, goalie at Charles Williams with us on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Heck, you were at the Igloo last night, and, and as you got announced and signed, and there was like 200 yeah. people there, man. I mean, that's just crazy how many people were out there skating with. That, that was kind of a fun event. Yeah, it was really fun. Like I think I was told that the RSVP number was like two in the 280 range, and like just to see the the support and, and not just like, you know, the fan base, like for the games, but for the, all the events that they do put on, like there's always support, always uh, people coming out. And it was a great night last night. Uh, I had my family there too, which was awesome. Um, and yeah, it was just fun to just be able to be around the fans and uh, get to skate with the guys. It was a good time. Well, speaking of family, uh, congratulations on the newborn. I think Alex Reed, a PR guy for the Iceman, just uh, texted me, said, I think you had a, a, a baby in March, if I'm not mistaken. And and uh, how is being a dad? Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Uh, never a dull moment. Um, we were having a lot of fun. She turns four months on the, on the 18th. So it was her first time skating, and uh, we had a good time, and, um, yeah, it's just been a blast. Uh, every day is something new. She's learning new things and, and 
getting getting big fast. <laughs> Let me get inside your head a little bit here, though, now. It's like, th does this change? First of all, kids change everybody, okay? I mean, that's just automatic. But um, does it change how you look at things? Like, uh, you're, you're a pro uh, hockey player. Maybe you go out and have a few pops with the guys after. Or now you're going to have to get home earlier. Not, does it change your lifestyle, whatever it is? Like, do you think about that stuff now that you, oh, yeah. you got a newborn? Oh, yeah, no, no, definitely. Everything, you know, our lives revolve around here now. And uh, and I really, you know, I think when we first got it was in the hospital. And uh, I think since that day coming home, it was uh, a huge change in everything. You know, everything that we did, we just made sure that it was, you know, for the best of uh, for Cody. Um, and I think I, I really like it that way. You know, it's been uh, it's been a great adjusting and, and learning. Um, but I think it's, I'm having a blast and yeah, I, I would say it definitely has changed my, uh, my mindset though. And, um, but for the better though, for sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just uh, a little bit different. Uh, you good, uh, diaper changer or what? I mean, you, you oh, any good man. at that or what? Took me some time, but I, I think I'm the fastest diaper changer in the South now. <laughs> <laughs> Casey's our producer, right? Casey got married. He doesn't have kids yet. And, Casey, okay. you someday will say that, too, okay? Uh, Charles, just so you know, I had twins, and oh. like, and so I was changing a lot of diapers, man. And it's oh. something I think our dads, at one point or another, we all brag about. Like, I guarantee you I can change a diaper faster than you. That's like we all say that. You should, you probably should do some, like, promotional in-between-periods thing at the Iceman. Oh, absolutely. You know, it was so funny that uh, actually right before I got on here, I just changed your diaper at like 420, and we were just all laughing. Like, my wife and I were just like, oh, yeah, just change the diapers and uh, click your interview here. Uh, <laughs> it's just, like I said, it's all part of it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, good stuff. Enjoy that. That's a lot of fun. And, by the way, it puts a little more emphasis, and you hope the offseason goes slower so you can – spend more time with the fam uh, when that happens. I'm sure you wanted to do that with your wife as well, but now that the little one is along, um, that's pretty fun. All right, hey, last thing, goalie positions. Like, goalies are weird usually. <laughs> like, like I, I'm just being honest with you. Like, goalies are usually, like, there's just some odd ducks. Like, kickers are straight. We love the kickers, but kickers can be strange. Like, are you a weird goalie? I would I would think I would classify, you know, as a, a, a normal uh, goalie. I think... Um, a lot kind of, of it was, I played I played player uh, growing up quite like I was kind of doing both all the way up till junior hockey. So I think that kind of maybe leveled me out, balanced me out. Um, <laughs> so I, I definitely think I'm on the more normal side, which uh, I definitely uh, take a lot of <laughs> pride for. And by the way, if you're like I say it as a compliment. I mean, if you're if you're just another weird goalie, that's okay too. Like that's okay, it's fine. But uh, um, the goalie comes with some fun. Like hockey in general comes with some fun terminology. Yeah. Like what's like where's your favorite? I mean, whether it's the barn or or what? I think the goalie term is getting turtled. Like you don't want that to happen though, right? Like what does that mean? Right. right. Well, I believe the turtle is from like a fight. Um, and turtling would be like, yeah, if you can't take on the guy and you kind of, you know, ball up almost like a turtle does in their shell kind of thing. Yeah. Um, some of the, I mean, I've heard some crazy things um, just, yeah, with the hockey terminology. I guess one thing that I think a lot of people know is like sauce, um, like a saucer pass. Uh, sauce is a big one. Um, I'd say tilt for a fight. Uh <laughs> 
Oh, there's, I mean, the list just goes on and on. Yeah, absolutely. It's a whole different definition. Uh, all right, t- take us, like, I've never done it, all right? So I've never played goalie. Um, okay. And what I'm always fascinated with, especially, like, when they show slow-mo replays and you're watching, like, the cup finals and, and all these things, is it feels like the goalie half the time or 70% of the time is almost, like, blind. Like, to, to the sh- I don't even know how you see the shot. There's people hey. in front of you. Like, are you just going off, like, tendencies? Um, yeah. A little bit of guessing? I mean, or do you 95% of the time see the puck anyway? That, that's a great question. I mean, honestly, there are a lot of moving parts, a lot of bodies, like, in the zone at one time on the ice, deflection and stuff. I think the biggest thing is, is uh, I think, like, every goalie will probably tell you that, it, it kind of comes with muscle memory. Like, a lot of goalies have been doing it for a long time. So just even as a kid, you know, when you're playing um, at a young age and you, there's a lot of things going on at once, I think when you get older, you just kind of adjust at every level. Um, the biggest thing, I think, is just, yeah, keeping your eyes on the puck at all times. So when it does get, you know, the shot, you can kind of read the trajectory of it um, if you can see it. And a lot of times it's just, you know, getting lucky too is a part of being go- being a goalie. You know, I'm not ashamed to say I've been on the lucky side a lot in my career. Um, and, yeah, I would say that's the biggest thing, just trying to read where the puck is going to be and, yeah, just kind of be as big as you possibly can. <laughs> Charles, let me follow up a good question with one that's probably nowhere near as good. When you're when you're on your in your net, obviously, and, and your guys are attacking and they're down there for – I don't know, an extended period of time, two minutes, two and a half minutes, you get lucky. What do you think about? Like, are you just chilling? Are you thinking about when you go home, you got to change diapers? Like, what's in your <laughs> mind when you're just standing there? Um, you know, honestly, no, I kind of, I'm more on the, I probably would say on, on, on this note, I'm probably on the weirder side in terms of uh, kind of being dialed in and focused. I, I'm, I, I really don't see much but the game uh, that's going on. Um but, yeah, I would say turn to thinking more so just kind of waiting to see, like, because there's always guys going for breakaways, kind of guys cheating offense on the other team. So I really kind of take note um, where there might be a possible scoring chance, you know, even if we're him and the guys in. A lot of times that's when breakaways happen. If our team's, like, in their zone for a minute, um, next thing you know, like, like it, there might be a breakaway just because we've been in their zone and a weird bounce, funny bounce. Like, hockey is such a fast game that I – you kind of always have to be ready at all times. So uh, I'm really just kind of waiting, honestly, for the worst. <laughs> um, yeah. Kind of being prepared. Charles Williams with us here, uh, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. He's the Iceman goalie. And I think it's a good question, Casey, because my last question and follow-up question to that is, don't you – your biggest fear has to be someone just sends one down the ice and it five-holes yeah. you or something crazy. It hits like a piece of the yeah, ice. Yeah, bounces like Nobody on you else can see. You know, like, it's got – I would think that would be my biggest fear because now you're on, like, every highlight in the country and social media hey. and, and, <laughs> and all your buddies are calling from Ferris State and all your rivals from Ashland University are calling to bring yeah. this full circle. So, like, that's got to be your biggest fear as a goalie, right? I mean, honestly, one of the biggest fears is, is the puck getting, getting – like not necessarily a shot, but like high in the air, so it might bounce before it gets to you. That's yeah. for me most uh, difficult because you don't know where that bounce is going. Like he, it, it, that's the most nerve wracking. It doesn't always seem like it in the when you're watching the hockey game, but I trust me, you ask that goalie after the game, 
what the most scary play was and do like the dump in that you know, almost reached the ceiling in Cape Town. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely a good one. That's definitely one that uh, we actually would call that nightmare. We call that a nightmare shot. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a good one. <laughs> All right. I, I actually I lied to you. I have one more. Does it? You have so many pads on. Does it ever hurt? Does it ever hurt uh, when you get hit? No, not really. It doesn't hurt. A lot of times what will happen is, like, if the over time, if the gear is starting to kind of wear out, then you might feel some stingers every now and again in the arms and um, sometimes in your hips. But for the most part, it's, it's you're pretty well protected. But I'd say more so than not, it's practice when you're facing quite a few shots and, you know, your, your gear has been drenched for an hour and a half. And then, yeah, there, there might be a – a stinger here and there, but not often. Not often. That's good. So it works. That's a good endorsement, by the way, for the hockey pads. Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> I don't have to for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Hey, Charles Williams, go change another diaper. It's probably almost time, or at least, or maybe it's feeding time. I don't know what it is, but it's daddy time. Uh, we appreciate you taking a few minutes, man, and congrats on the contract. And uh, we'll look forward to watching you play here coming up in the fall. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, guys. You bet. Uh, that is Charles Williams, Jacksonville Iceman goalie. That was fun, man. Get that was good. I don't think we've had the goalie on before. No, nah, it's a good one. You know, get into the mindset. I'll say, like, when the Lightning in 2004 won the Cup, uh, the goalie was Javi Bullen, and there was exact scenario that you just described. They, like, shot it down the ice, and it bounced on him at the last second and almost went in. Like, in the Cup final. Like, I could see that. Here's the thing. So that's got to be a nightmare. He said it's a nightmare. This happens, well, you know, because this happens in baseball, right? Like, it happens to infielders and outfielders. But there might be, like, a little, like, a rock. Or there might be something like a divot in the ground, and it makes the ball go a different way. Although, on TV, we don't see that. And same thing for a goalie. There's there's probably some chipped ice or a dent in the ice or something happened with a skate, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it might hit it and throw it a different way. and, And you look, like, so bad. Oh, the worst. <laughs> yeah. Because you're right. Because you're, it's the only thing in the picture. Right? Yeah. So uh, I would think, that, oh, man, that would be my worst fear. That. That'd be that'd be tough. No doubt. Uh, that was fun. That was, uh, fun having Charles Williams on. Uh, we'll have Coach Nick Luco on uh, here in a little bit as well as we continue to celebrate the Jacksonville Iceman. And uh, we'll bring you up until 6 o'clock Action Sports Jacks OT right after that with Brian Middleton and Casey Kurtz. And then off to the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp to head into the weekend here in the middle of summer on ESPN 690. We'll be right back. And that's a chopper all over the head of Hunt Downs and into center. Both runs will score and the Rays lead 5-3. That'll work. <laughs> Boy, you will take it. With that infield pulled in, you, you can do things like that. Yandy chopping down on this pitch right into that hard dirt at home plate and up and over the head. And Yandy with the fist. What the hell? What's up? Go raise. the raise over the Red Sox. Go raise. Yandy I'm Diaz. struggling right now. He hit it 14 centimeters. How about it? <laughs> the boy. By the way, uh, that was D. Wayne stats on the call. Love me some yeah. D. Wayne stats. You like D. Wayne? Listen, let me tell you something that's kind of crazy. D-Wayne Stats has been calling the Rays games the whole time, but also, more importantly, if he's been calling them the whole time, that means he's also been calling them my whole life. So the only thing I know is D-Wayne Stats. So when D-Wayne Stats no longer does the games, oh, that's... 
That's gonna yeah, hit me. I deep. Mean, but and you kind of just had that a little bit with um, uh, with Mick Huber. True. You're a Gator guy. True. And people have had that obviously with Gene Deckerhoff, and that happens. It does happen. It's funny. It's interesting. Like, I don't. I, this isn't a Dwayne stats problem. It's more of a me problem. When I listen to other announcers, as you like your own, like Red Sox, where I grew up. Oh yeah. That they never sound as good. And that might not really be true. Now, unless it's like the national guys, like the national guys doing a game, yeah. then it's a little different. But like, I'm not. I wouldn't like the Marlins guys as much as the Red Sox guys. I certainly don't like the Yankees guys as much as the Red Sox guys. And the, you, you know, don't like I'm Michael K. Oh, uh, hate him. Okay. <laughs> I don't like hate him. Like, okay, he's probably very good. But I hate like I I I had to listen to so many Yankees games when I was working in Albany because yeah. we covered the Yankees, and so it was on every night. And we show, showed, like, highlights every night of the Yankees. And, and a lot of the Red Sox, because weren't that far off the Red Sox, too. And so I was like, ah, oh, I can't. It's like, it was like nails on a chalkboard. And, again, I say this with all due respect to him. It's it's yeah. not him. He's had a good it's, career. It's a me thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think, You're I think the problem. Kay's, Kay's doing fine without me. He really Kay's is. Lo- loving him. Yeah. I think he's okay. But, like, Sterling's worse. <laughs> yeah. Sterling's, like, ten times worse. I can see why. Well, what's, what's more weird, by the way, I feel like this is not really a day and age where you get you get announcers for a long times, but, like, the Rays, they've had D-Wayne the whole time, but as, since I've been alive, they've only had two color guys. Isn't that weird? Joe McGrain for a long time and now Brian Anderson. They've had nobody else. Wow, that is pretty odd, I think. Right? Uh, but, again, man, it's a job when you do It's a pretty good gig, and it's like a lifestyle gig, so once you do it, like, you, why are you getting away from it? I agree, but, like, I've watched the Marlins sometimes in here, and I'm like, okay... Who is it today? Like, is well, it some people Sanchez? do it different where they is might it? have, like, they have yeah. multiple crews based on who they have, maybe. They might. I don't, I don't watch enough of it because it's such a long season. So a lot of people have gone to that where they'll yeah. split it up. Not the Rays. And uh, so I think there's a little bit of that. The Rays uh, are dedicated. Doesn't matter I where you go. myself this year. By the way, I hate myself this year when it comes to baseball. Oh. Because I am cool. not as, like, hating the Yankees as much as I really should be or want to be or, or could be. How can you, Brent? I, Can't really I, hate I told him. you, like the whole Travis Chapman thing. I mean, I just, I, I'm rooting for the guy. I love him. I, 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 I hope, I'm kind of hoping they do well in this weird way. Well, they are and doing I kinda, well. I hate my, oh, yeah, but this doesn't count. Like, they can win 120 games. All that counts is October for the Yankees, man. That's, no, I know. I'm just saying. They are doing well. But there's like a part of me that hates me. A part of you part of everybody that hates, hates you. They're, yeah. they're certainly a part of me. Yeah. <laughs> It's a part of me that really hates me this year. Huh. Hey, what, uh, I don't what, know what say to that. favorite podcasts? Uh, like that, that you can think about that. Favorite podcasts yeah. that aren't like sports shows. Okay, oh. I'm getting out of this genre. Yeah, good luck. I'm not going to help much. Have you found any? Like, I, I think I need to be turned on to another one or two. So okay. I, need, I need some audience participation. I'll give you some suggestions. Um, for selfish reasons, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, that's uh, that's what I want to know as we head into the uh, latter stages of summer and a show football five coming up on ESPN six nine. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get twenty percent below MSRP for an average of fifteen thousand one seventy eight under MSRP on the purchase of a twenty twenty three Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland four by e or Summit four by e. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.